Hey everyone, Martin Leon here, one of your Mexicans. Happy 2020, even though it's February. Um, this episode was supposed to come out a while ago. We actually recorded it uh, beginnings of January, but I just barely got around to doing a few edits on it and releasing it. Um, I should warn you before the episode starts that I recorded it on a new phone and my side of the conversation sounds like I'm calling in on a landline from very, very, very far away. Um, I think it's okay. I hope you can enjoy it. I didn't want to bin it and then record it again because I do think we we have some funny things. And, well, you notice Augustus Hilarious. And I am passively funny. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Uh, do remember that we are on... Social media, we're on Instagram, we are on Facebook, and we are on Twitter, Mexicans Pod. And you can also find us, you can also send us an email for any suggestions or whatever. Uh, we would really appreciate you your feedback. And if you can give us a review on iTunes, that would be amazing too. Um, next episode might take a couple weeks to be released because I am I'm going out of the city for a wedding. But we will see you again before, well, you will listen, you will hear us, you will hear from us again before uh, February is over. That's it. Uh, enjoy the episode. Yeah. Okay, we're recording. Hello. Are you? Hi, welcome to 2020. Welcome to 2020. The year of... It could not officially begin until we had a Mexican episode out. Yes, yes, we were waiting. By the way, welcome to Mexicans. Welcome <laughs> to Mexicans, because we're Mexican. And we just can't. We can't. And, uh, how are you? How's good, and you? I'm good, starting the year off. Well, starting the year off, it's only Ooh. January the 15th. You got a massive haircut. I, I, oh, I did. Yes. Yes. I've lost most of my, I haven't lost it. I gave it away. <laughs> um, yeah. I, well, the thing is about two months ago, I had really, really, really long hair and then I got a haircut and I donated most of my hair to this um, charity that makes wigs for kids okay. with cancer. And that just means I'm just better than everyone. Oh, well. Uh, yeah. And it's then a step. it's a step. <laughs> just trying to, Trying to balance some karma, you know. It's January. We balance the books exactly. and the karma, you know, and then taxes. Um, and then I I went to this um, hairdresser's about two blocks away from here, and I was because my boyfriend was like, "Oh, we should go to this place where I get my haircut." And I was like, "I'm not going to spend that much money on a haircut. That's ridiculous." So I um I cut my own hair. Oh really? But then, as I was cutting my own hair with a, with a Machine. With a machine. Uh, my boyfriend comes in the bathroom and says, you're doing it wrong. Give me that. And he proceeds to ruin my hair. And just and it takes a really bad haircut for me to realize that a haircut is bad. Because for me, hair is hair. I don't really go around saying good haircut, bad haircut. I just think shorter, longer, whatever. Mm -hmm. and, um, and my boyfriend proceeded to just ruin everything. <laughs> so I went to this hairdresser's and I said, can you repair this? And they said, of course. And they, 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 they charged me money. And they <laughs> I, but I was like, it's done. Like, what, what the fuck am I going to do? And I just grabbed the machine and I just said, okay, let's set it to five and just go all over my head. And just um, So an eventful beginning of 2020. 
Yeah, but it was to be honest, I quite like it. I'm, I'm, it looks I'm, good. I'm liking it. I just I have a I have a shapely head, <laughs> which, I was, which I did not know, but I have a shapely okay. head because now we all do. And you could know that if you visited uh, Luis Augusto's social media, Mr. Drama, everywhere. Oh, nice plug. No, no, I'm plugging. literally referring to the plug that Martin just gave me <laughs> for Christmas. Like, it's exactly. a nice plug. It's wooden. It's wooden. It's rustic. it's rustic. You just have to watch out for the splinters. Exactly. But other than that... And if you squeeze it three times... Molasses fall ju- out. <laughs> yes. I just like to say molasses. It's never molasses. It's a group of molasses. Exactly. The many molasses... Yeah, like what's the plural of molasses? Molasses? No, the th- I, I think it's always plural. Okay. I, I guess I don't know if there's like a single. <laughs> we have our name molasses, like a Great single beginning of a single one, a single molasses. <laughs> what is know. a molasses? What is? Did you know, did you see like ages ago? I forget where, but there was like a flood of like boiling hot molasses because at some factory, like something. I think I saw an article on Cracked. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like uh, in, in the States, right? Like there was like a yeah. tree blew up. My favorite, my favorite murder did a, did an episode. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah. I have, I've, I'm not up to that episode yet. Probably, but, um, okay. I'm pretty sure they did. Now no, I'm doubting, but no. But I, I think I read a Cracked or a Cracked like listicle of yeah. the, um. Of like weird things that exploded. Weird thing, yeah. Like, you know, uh, 10 sticky things you really don't want to find yourself stuck in. And number one, molasses. It was like, yeah, well, so anyway, do you want to go first? Yes. Uh, let me introduce you for the first time this year. My co-host, Martin Leon. He's like the soapbox Sadie without the healthy eating. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> uh, let me introduce my co-host for the first time this year. Um, if he ever got a woman pregnant, his one and only dad joke would be an elaborate abortion. It's with Augusto. Wait till you see the punchline of that. <laughs> It's definitely gonna it would be on YouTube. You would get like a lot of views and be cancelled immediately. But <laughs> a lot of views. That's there's no there's no such a thing as bad publicity. That's what they say. So so I keep hearing. Anyway, what so is... yeah, you, you, I was what? gonna ask the same thing so, that you were gonna ask. So oh really? Okay, fine. So how much weight did you put on these? these I have no idea. Like I've seen so many question. like so many tweets of like I've gained so much and I gained so much. Like I don't. I honestly did not weigh myself before the holidays, and I haven't weighed myself after. I weighed myself after, but not before, so I don't really have a reference point. I, just, <laughs> I still hate myself. <laughs> exactly. I should have known. I mean, this is, nothing good could have come of that. It was just, oh, all right, well. Yeah, like me too. I'm like, okay, this is what I weigh now. Yeah, this is my current. And I get stopped going to the gym like a week before uh, going to visit my parents because I just didn't have the time or drive to go to the gym. And then I'm, I've been back for like a week and I haven't gone to the gym and it's like, fine, I'll go when I go and I'll weigh myself at some point and it'll be what it is. Like in the, in the words of the great Sarah Millican, why would I do something that makes me feel like shit? (laughs) Do you ever do things that make you feel like shit? Oh my, oh, oh my god! You walked right into that. I do, one, I yeah. do, I do. But yeah, why would you? Why would you waste? Why would you do that more? Why would you own? I already have Twitter. Why would you own 
a scale. Like, exactly. It's just, like, like, it's just a bathroom scale. It's just, yeah. Like, and, and it's I like, mean, unless you have like some really good, like, unless you're like, in, in my view, unless you're like, you're like a bodybuilder and you're like, like, like obsessively going like, this is my weight and this is my fat percentage, blah, 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 blah. Or like you're, like, unless you have like a actual goal, you're going moving forward. And I mean, actually moving forward, not just, I weigh myself every day and I'm not going to do anything about it the rest of the day, but worry. Yeah. You know what? Oh God, this is, this is TMI, the next generation. This is like, okay. um, but I'm just going to share it because it's, it's part of the magic that makes me me. Uh, I have a bathroom scale. It's one of these digital, they'll give it to you like in decimals. Yeah. So like in, in kilos. So you'll be like, I weigh, uh, I think currently I weigh like 86.7, something like that. Yeah. And um, <laughs> first of all, I got that one because I used to, in my uh, like uh, last few years, I had to travel quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So I needed to weigh my, my luggage. I needed yeah. to make sure that. Yeah, that is very useful. That's a very especially useful reason. Especially visiting friends, especially when I'd be visiting friends that, that are living abroad, they would always ask me, bring me, you know, and they always like Mexicans ask for the, Mexicans ask for the darndest things when, they, when you, <laughs> when you visit, they was like, bring me a can of chiles, la costeña, something around. Yeah. I was like, I'm pretty sure you can buy this there. It's just expensive and you're cheap. Um, but then I'll bring all these things and then I have to make sure that I, I'm not over the limit because it's ha it happened to me once or twice that I literally had to leave a can of chilies, the chili peppers. Just like, <laughs> like, no, 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 no wait for that. And um, so that's why I bought it. Now, here's a use that I give it and I'm not particularly proud of this. And yet I'm not ashamed of this either. Whenever I have to take a rather large shit and I know that I'm going to have to take a rather large shit. I weigh myself. I weigh myself. It's, it's true. I'm, podcast is I, over. It's true. <laughs> I've killed the podcast, but I will finish this, even though everyone knows where this is going. I weigh myself prior and then post shit taking. And I take great satisfaction. I will not lie. I'll take great satisfaction seeing just like, Oh my God, that was like half a kilo. How did that even fit in my body? And that was, that's basically a Thursday night for Martin Leon. Just saying, how did that ever fit in my body? It's just. If only. If only. If only. But yeah. Um, how surprising that you fit that into your body. It's like, it's me just asking myself. myself. A lot of people think I'm a bottom and I never, um, I never correct them because first of all, I think it's really creepy when people are speculating about the role. It's, it's a very heteronormative thing. Let's it's, not get into that right now. But anyway. the gays do it too, but yeah. Yeah, no, I was talking about the gays. Anyway, I was talking about the gays. There you go. Now you know what is one of the uses that I get. And so you know, anyway, today's Mexican stereotype. Look, if you have a, a precise bathroom scale, I urge you to give it a go. So to God, if the first, no, at least we've got another, I think we've got another photo before this. So yeah, we've got other comments before this, but like, no, don't send, don't send photos of Don't send us photos of before and after of the bathroom scales. Just, you know, do it. I mean, <laughs> Anywho, so today's Mexican stereotype <laughs> is La Rosca de Reyes. La Rosca de Reyes, the king's donut. Um, the king's donut. I don't know how you um, the thing is, I I just came from the U.S. and even in even in Missouri, which is where my parents are living right now, there's like they sell these like versions of these, and and so 
But I don't. But I I couldn't. I couldn't tell you right now what's what they call them in English. It just and and they look very. They look far more polished than your average Mexican uh, rosca de reyes, which I think makes them lose the charm. Right. You want it to be rustic. You want it. You want like the sugar thing because the people the rosca de reyes. Eat, let's es- let's establish what a rosca exactly. de reyes. It's is. a yeah. it's a yeasted bread, and it, on top of it. Uh, you you make it into a large um, circle, loop? large loop, yeah, large pastry it's a loop, huge donut. Depends on where you buy it, but it can be like super big. Yeah. And then you top it with like sugar, with some of the sugar, and some other places dried fruit. And those are the places that nobody wants. Everybody wants a dried fruit. It's uh, I mean, sometimes sometimes they have like dried fig, which I enjoy. The fig is fine. Some, yeah. uh, I've seen some that use dates. I quite like dates. Yeah. I'll take it. But like the, they have this very specific kind of crystallized fruit and they cut into it. Like some, sometimes it's ate, which is basically just a, a paste of guava. Yeah. It's disgusting. I hate it. I, I, I think it tastes awful. Um, and people, you know, people pretend like, oh, this is a Mexican tradition, but nobody wants that. Given the choice. The rosca? Nobody wants the fruit. Ah, well, yeah, nobody wants it, but they'll take it off and just eat the rest of the bread. But here's the kicker. Here's the gimmick that comes with the rosca, which is that inside the rosca, inside this bread that you're about to eat, there is a Jesus, a baby Jesus made out of Chinese top-grade lead-based plastic. Well, now it's plastic. It used to be ceramic. Yeah, actually, it used to be an almond. Oh, yeah. It's Spanish. Actually, the rosca reyes in Spanish. They call it roscon de reyes. Roscon, roscon. And originally, they used to put like an almond yeah. in one of the, you know, a hidden almond. And if you found the almond, which I think we should go back to, by the way, because like, why, why would you want a Jesus when you could find like a chocolate almond? Like, wouldn't that be so much better than Jesus? I don't know. I, I think whatever you're finding in there, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but, um, the thing is, if you... If you find Jesus, this is a very Mexican thing. If you find Jesus in the, in, the, in your piece of, of, of because the thing is, you have, everyone cuts their own piece. Yeah. You cut your piece, and if inside your piece there is this tiny baby Jesus, or if you hit the baby Jesus with a knife, which is a very cutting. Christian thing to do as well. <laughs> We're celebrating both the birth and the death of Jesus. But in my house, because we like to do things right, we do it with a lance. We take a lance. It's just like oh, and we just. Chop it. Like, oh, just hit the... I hit Jesus, the infidel. Yes. And then, like, water comes out. Yeah, water comes out. And it's, it's, a, it's a whole thing. And it has the two thieves, like, to either side. It's a whole... Well, that's, I, I do like it. It used to be that it was only the one baby Jesus. The one baby Jesus. Per Rosca de Reyes. But now... Depending on the size, though. I mean, you'll find... If you, if you buy, like, a smaller... Depends on when you buy it. Like, Manchita has a great, had a great joke. It said, like, there's so many, there's so many baby Jesuses. Right now, uh, on it, it's less a it's less a rosca de reyes and more a, a communal grave. Oh my god! <laughs> a mass grave of Jesus. Grave, oh my yeah. god, that is so good and terrifying at the same time. Yeah, and the idea is that you know, if you find the Jesus, if you find the Jesus, you have to pay for an, a, a, a very large number of tamales. Nowadays is on February second, which is 2nd. Dia de la Candelaria, which. You, it's just an excuse to keep you, eating. Yeah, you pay. You pay for the tamales that day. Yeah. Uh, it used to be that you had to make the tamales for that day. Who the fuck makes tamales? I have made tamales. I've never made. Tamales. And this last year for for the Canelaria, one of the people that 
the baby Jesus actually made tamales, and we're all really, we're really excited about that. In Spain, what do you get? What, what the almond? What happened? I don't recall. I don't recall if, if you some, just have an almond no, now. Just have, yeah, no, I don't. I don't recall if you had to do something. I, I, I should probably done. Should probably have done this research if we hadn't chosen the topic literally thirty seconds before starting this recording. <laughs> but um, I don't know what happened to be found the almond. But originally it was the the almond, and you and maybe you had like other hidden goodies inside. And, um, but now uh, they they like people are getting more creative. Like the, the, the makers, the bread makers, they're getting more creative, and then they like. The, uh, this year, I opened the. Um, I, I, I had the, the cake with my um, in-laws, with my in, with, with my uh, partner's family, and I got a donkey. All right, because you, it's no longer just Jesus. Now it's the whole nativity scene. So yeah. I got, and I was, I felt so fucking scammed. I was like, <laughs> I was expecting like... the King of Jews. I was expecting Yeshua himself. I was expecting the man. And I got a donkey. And I was just like, and I still have to pay for the fucking tamales. Well, you shouldn't have. I shouldn't have. It's like, I got a farmyard animal. I'm sorry, but I mean. Or you, or you could bring something else. This like an actual did, donkey to the party. No, this donkey did not die for my sins. So why should I even pay for anything? <laughs> right there in my, because to be honest, it's quite cute. It was, we bought it at this place and they have this lovely ceramic figurines. I still wonder what happens because not everything, not everything ceramic is made to be baked. A lot of ceramic and plastic things actually release things with heat. So I try not to think about what that thing may have released into it. But I did get the sugar um, slice. I think the bakers know like, oh, if this is going to be the sugar, then, you know, we're going to put something in there. Because we're well, I don't know. I don't know if, if, how true that may be because... Uh... Just how uh, on how on how um, breads breads are made, it would be kind of weird because you you have to put the figurines and then sort of remember where they are to put the sugar and everything. Look, if your job is to make Jesus cakes, then you bet. Yeah, like what, yeah, but how many Jesus cakes do you have to do in one day? Are you gonna remember all of them? Is, do you care who like, gets it? No, probably not. <laughs> You're right. You probably, probably. Don't. I don't like the people that are like, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. I have gotten the Jesus thing for like fifty percent, if not more, of my get, life. Yeah, I always get. And that. I've brought tamales to like one time because I, that was the one time I was like, I will bring you tamales. You, you guys, I like. <laughs> the first big school I worked for, it was great because the school bought the the, the Jesus cake for for all of us. So it was like. Everyone go to the staff room. There's hot chocolate and Jesus cake. And we're like, oh my God, that's great. And we went to the place. Um, and <laughs> there was the main secretary of the, of the principal. And whenever you got the, the Jesus, she would write your name down on her pad. And she would go at the end of the thing, go like, okay, so there are 70 teachers. So you're going to have to pay this much money. And it was just, it wasn't just you. It was like, Ten of us. Yeah. But she, like, she came for the money. She came for the money. She would find you in your classroom and go, like, I'm sorry, but you still haven't paid for the tomatoes. Like, fuck you. Yes. Like, it's just, that is the worst. That is the worst. She, I mean, and she that loved is every second of it. Of, of course, of course, of course. Fucking asshole. Just, she loved it. I didn't know you worked with Dolores Umbridge. Well, she was kind of, <laughs> no, she was a lovely, lovely woman, except when it came for, you know, January the 6th. She, we, we hated her, but other than that, it was fine. Um, so, yeah, I always get to it as well. I love, and there's also, like, I don't know if you've seen, but Starbucks has a little 
uh, individual. The fuckers. <laughs> like, can't they leave anything for us? No. Like, like just, just stop. But it's... I love it. It's like, this one thing's for you. So you get to buy yourself tamales on January and February 2nd. But I do like everyone, like, everyone in this country, it's just a thing that... When people, you know, this controversy that happened, like, was it two or three years ago with Starbucks cups? The idea that they, oh, they always come yeah. with the Christmas, um, yeah. Christmas, um, the war on Christmas, yeah. Christmas cup. And they, uh, they used to have cups that said, uh, Happy Christmas, Merry Christmas, or whatever it was. And then they came out with a cup that said, Happy Holidays. And the Christians were like, why holidays? It's not everyone's holiday. It's Christian's holiday. Like, leave our Christian holiday alone. And the Jews were like, we also have Hanukkah. Not that the Jews give a shit about Hanukkah. And this is not me assuming, like, God, do I have a lot of Jewish friends. Hanukkah for them is an evening. It's just like, it's one of the low holidays. It's not even like, it's not even seventh in order of importance. That's a lot of them do the, 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 the dreidel thing and they sing and whatever. But, um... You know, that they were like, why are they the war on Christmas? And then a couple of years ago, Starbucks came out with this with this cup, which was very minimalistic in design. Yeah, it, it was, was just a, it's red. A, it was a red on It was plain red with a logo. And it was a very nice cup. It was just red and green and white. It was Christmas and Mexico. Um, <laughs> and Italy. And Italy. <laughs> and Thailand. Italians are like, oh, we are so happy about this. Uh, and um, <laughs> to quote Louis C.K., which I don't know if we're allowed to quote anymore, Stereotypes are harmful, but the voices are funny. So I'm just yeah. going to go ahead and do Both it. And here in Mexico, I love it, because here in Mexico, Starbucks will sell you bread of the dead. Yes. On Day of the Dead, which is literally... Well... A tr- like, it's so... It's half Christian and half pagan, the idea of the bread offered to the souls of the dead crossing over, like, through the veil to... to, to to be with us, and then they'll sell you the Jesus cake, and nobody give a fuck here. Like, no, nobody cares. I've seen my Jewish friends going, like, I really like those cookies. I'm going to buy one at Starbucks, because people at my house, they won't let me have it. And I mean, I love it. And, and now there's some amazing, like, in Superama, there's, like, some Roxy Reyes that's, like, uh, they they have, like, a filling. So yes. they, like, they have, like, cheesecake filling, and, like, jam fillings. It's, it's, I'm all for that. And, and, you start, for that. and you start finding Rosca de Reyes from, like, November. It was, it's, it's, it's what Jesus would have wanted. Just so I don't know. Jesus would have wanted it. I think he just, I think he just wanted world peace. He did just want world peace. But, um, and he got crucified for it. But I do believe Rosca Reyes is a step in the right direction. We do want. a step in the right direction. Like, you you know what? If you're going to win some, some faithful into your flock, do it with cake. Do it with Jesus cake. Yeah, so seriously, like, it's just, we like, like, religions, the good religions, they use food to draw you in. This is just... I don't know. I, I, I... Good food. Good food. Rosca Reyes, uh, to be honest, my worst, like, the thing I hate most about Rosca Reyes, except uh, other than other than the fruit thing, which nobody... I, you can just, like, rip it out. I'm not crazy about the orange. I'm not crazy about the orange flavor. Yeah, but nowadays, Citrus like... Citrus with bread. A lot of people like that. The lemon cake, and the orange, whatever. I, I don't hate... I, I think it doesn't mix well. Like, I'll have... But like most, but most of the roscas nowadays, they're, they're like... They're more... Like buttery. Yeah, exactly. Like buttery cake. Yeah. Esperanza has an amazing rosca. Anyway. That's the one I got. No, rosca de Reyes. I don't know. Yes, that was Rosca de Reyes. And wait, wait, wait. So you're going to tell me what's happening in the US. So really quickly. 
Yay, and some others. How, how do Americans react when they find the Jesus cake in their shops? Cake, let's buy it and eat it. So, <laughs> ask a because... question. <laughs> but, of course. How do Americans react to cake? Well, <laughs> they fucking eat it. Well, you know, it's like eight of them will say that. <laughs> then the ninth will be like, oh no, gluten. No way. <laughs> gluten. And then, just you wait. There will be a time. There will be a time. And I'm sounding like a, a curmudgeon more and more, which is fine with me because I've been a curmudgeon all my life. But there will be a time when we will get like, this is gluten-free Jesus cake. And then the Jews will be like, this is Jesus-free Jesus cake. And they'll be fine with that as well. I'm sure, I'm sure there's gluten-free. Uh, Surely. The other thing with the American Roscarayas is that the little Jesus, little Jesus figurine is not in the cake because that would be dangerous. So the, it's in a little bag besides the cake so that no one may choke on Jesus. Well, oh, this is where I think they're being clever. Probably the FDA, that's the FDA, the FDA, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, Food and Drug Administration. The FDA wouldn't allow you to sell the Jesus cake with the Jesus in it, but they're putting it aside so that someone can slip it under. So it's up to you. So the Mexicans, the Mexicans, I can totally imagine a Mexican family going, oh, I see, I see what they're doing, and I don't care. I'm going to pour the Jesus inside. What is, what is your Mexican family French? <laughs> they're not French at all. But they put the, I, I don't know, uh, but, but yeah, here, the sugar. here in Mexico, we don't care about the safety. It's like, oh, how did he die? He and you've never heard, I I've never heard. And boy, do we like... No, because you're never going to admit someone in your family died like that. <laughs> I would be telling that story for the rest of my life. It's like, oh. you know my uncle, Juan, who died choking on Jesus? Well, there's been stories of people who get the Jesus, the Jesus figurine, and they don't want to... And, and for some reason, people are like, no, I'm not going to show. It's like some sort of shame in their family to get the Jesus figurine. So they just... They, they literally try to swallow the Jesus figurine. Well, who... Yeah, I mean, honestly, who... I, swallowing a man, just... I mean, do you have to... It's a baby, though. <laughs> Swiftly on. So today we're talking about sex in the city. We're talking about sex in the city. Now, why are we talking about sex in the city? Now, apparently, uh, sex in the city is a big deal for them gays. It's like... <laughs> them gays. For them... them you them hated sex in the city when we started the podcast. Yes. If not hated, you were... No, no, no. I, I outright hated it. And the first time I watched it, I just fucking loathed... Like, I didn't see it when it came out. I didn't see it when it was more recent. So I started um, watching Sex and the City with my ex-boyfriend. That was God, that was a long time ago. That was like five or six years ago. And he said, oh, my God, Sex and the City is the greatest thing. You have to watch it. And I was like, well, you know, bonding, whatever. So let's show me this. And he said, and this, this was this, his actual thing. He said, but do you like that feminism crap? You're gonna, you're gonna love Sex and the City, and I'm like, oh, okay, it's feminist. And then a friend of my, very dear friend of mine, told me, yeah, it was like a, it was like um, how do you call the thing with a, you know, groundbreaking? <laughs> you were a watershed. It was a watershed. It was a watershed. Like it was like there was a before and an after. From the, your hand motions, I was using watershed or kraken. It was. <laughs> I like it. 
like when something changes, it was a kraken. It was a kraken of a show. It just it just came up and swallowed the ship. Of it TV. did. It was like at the beginning, like HBO making their series, and, and with the title like Sex and the City, like Sex is the first word. They knew exactly. very. They knew very well. What they did. People were like, I like sex, and I live in a city. This is a show for me. And the first time I watched the first season, I think season and a half, okay. and I hated it for a number of reasons. So let's. Um, Let's talk why. Let's talk about why I hated it at the beginning. So we have the main character, who's Carrie Bradshaw. Yes, I think to this day she is one of the most annoying characters ever written for television. She is okay, unsympathetic, unfunny, and she's always talking about like for for, for a show that people touted as you know. Obviously, I watched it ten years after it first aired. So I'm not talking about the same. And era. the amount of like, literally, the the, the amount uh, just seeing Carrie Bradshaw at the moment where she was just starting, uh, and not ten years later. You know, it's two two social panoramas that are completely completely different. different. But still, for a show that is all about women and you know, the, the the lives of women and empowered women and women in positions yes. of power. Whatever. She's a writer. She's a, she's a columnist. Careful. A writer. She eventually becomes an author. But, she's a, but she writes. She's a writer. She writes. She's a writer. And they're all like, oh, it's a very feminist show. It's like, is it really? Because 99% of the conversations are literally all about men. And she herself defines herself by her relationships to men. Like, it's literally all about the men. There's the guy that she falls in love with, the guy that the... the Mr. Mr. Big. Mr. Big. She falls in love with Mr. Big and it's literally everything is about Mr. Big for like like 10 episodes and she's this neurotic woman that is just like completely, I couldn't, I, I can't stand her. But I started watching it again um, because uh, we got HBO Go and my boyfriend is crazy about it because he loves Sex and City. So we started watching it again and still hate Carrie Bradshaw. Love the other three. <laughs> Love the other three to pieces, particularly Samantha and Miranda. They're Miranda just, is, I think, the best part. Miranda is fantastic. I think she's the most nuanced as well. She's like, she's got more layers. Because it was like, Samantha is a lot of fun. Because she has less relationships with men, so she gets to she gets to elaborate on herself as a woman. <laughs> she gets to work on her career. Exactly. The idiot. You know, like, what is she doing? She's a lawyer, right? Yeah, and then they go, like, the whole thing of uh, glamorizing New York and, you know, the women having having cosmopolitans for breakfast and, you know, like, it was, they're selling this idea that, you know, it's, I know that it's a trope and I know that we're supposed to just run with it. It's like, how can they afford to live the way they do and blah, blah, blah. Same with friends. <laughs> the thing is, with friends, nobody had a high-paying job. And they still managed to live the way they did. So clearly they lived in this fantasy world. The problem was, in this group of friends, you have a very, very successful lawyer and a very, very successful PR consultant. These two women can afford to live the way they do. Yeah. They both can afford, like Miranda and Samantha. And I think... Buy it. Yeah. And I, but, but even then, I think the, they are glamorizing. You know, they, they, they're even... If they took liberties with the cast of friends to make them look like they could afford more, also with these four women, the four of them are also leaving, living 
above their imaginary yes, means. But, I mean, they're taking it way too. I'm fine. I'm fine with it. I I love it. I you know I have no issue with it with that part of the show. I have issues with other parts of the show. My my least favorite part of the let's start with the hate because it's more fun. My least favorite part of the show is. How repetitive... Do you, do you remember the Power Rangers? I do. How the Power Rangers, every single episode was pretty much the same thing. It was uh, the teenagers are hanging out being cool and wholesome. Then a small monster appears. No, but they have... First, they always had like a... A, 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 a mundane problem. Yes, of There's a mundane problem. And then a small monster appears. They fight the small monster. Rita shoots down her stick. Who fetched that stick back for her every episode? That's the story I want. She did. She was a woman. She 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 wasn't gonna get the. Now cross. I'm going. I'm going down to the. Earth. And she, and you were. You know what she did while she was down there? She went to New York and she bought had some Cosmo. clothes. <laughs> she had a Cosmos and Jimmy Choo's, and then she started looking for her stuff. Um, it's not your staff, but it vibrates. This is, this is the show we're waiting for. Why are we not seeing Rita Repulsa from Power Rangers having, like, think of it. Just think of it. Rita Repulsa, who else can we have? Like, another villainess. Um, Elvira, the mistress of the night. Please. Um, who else? We, we need... Uh, another villainess. Oh, uh, my God. There's... Oh, my God. My, my, I'm drawing a blank. Um... Gia Gun. Gia Gun. Gia Gun. Gia Gun and Sarah Palin. Gia Gun and Sarah Palin. Those are the four. Good. And yeah, we, like we have them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. We need we a conservative and a, and, and a definitely conservative and a liberal. Elvira is the liberal, you know, and Sarah Palin is, and you know they love to hate each other. You know, exactly. and me and Sarah would learn something. Sarah would learn something from Elvira, and Elvira would learn something from Sarah, and they would round off each other. It would be great. It would be a very nice Charlotte, um, uh, Samantha. Dynamic. <laughs> so, uh, so you're saying that it's repetitive. It's repetitive because it's like they begin having lunch or whatever, and there is a, a problem that comes up, and then Carrie goes into her computer, and she always says the same thing. It's like, as... As Miranda was was confronting a demon from her past, I started to wonder. She always, I started to wonder, how often do we find demons from our past, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Samantha was, and then she goes into Samantha, and Samantha also finds a demon from her past. It's like, kind of like this Grey's Anatomy thing when they're like, if they're having problems with boundaries, they'll find two patients that have, you know, the, 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 the conjoined twins that want to be separated. <laughs> and the episode is all about boundaries and oh look a pair of conjoined twins just showed up literally to illustrate the point that you're trying to make yeah. Chandler rhymes like oh we haven't talked about Grey's Anatomy making a note yeah. right fucking now making a note of also starting to watch Grey's Anatomy <laughs> you haven't you haven't I've never or ER I don't I, I watched the shows. first few seasons of Grey but anyway what, what, what do you think about uh, Sex in the City since you hadn't seen it I wasn't too because I I had seen the first movie, uh, and my favorite part of the whole movie is just like the wedding dresses. There's some amazing wedding dresses in that movie. Uh, I didn't like it. Maybe it's because maybe it's the first season, but I didn't. Here's the thing. I here's my main gripe with uh, Sex and the City. I hate that it's a whole show dedicated on on like this is like all men want like, and I mean. All of men as a whole 
and all of women as a whole. So even though you do have four very distinct characters who want distinct things, like constantly Carrie is talking about like, do men want this? Do women want this? At no point does she kind of have like a, like a come to Jesus moment of maybe different men want different things and maybe different women want different things. And I, I think for the, for the, I, I can see why for the time it was groundbreaking and why for the time like people were like, Oh my God, this is, this is like, um, this is something we haven't seen before. It's for women. It's for, um, it's for basically single women, uh, single women successful, uh, Samantha ends for season one, uh, with a boyfriend, a very small penis. Um, and they have like relationships and it's like, she's been, she had been seeing this guy for a while and whatever. And, and yeah, it's like the, it's a lot of, a lot of conversation goes around, uh, their relationships to men. But I think it kind of states itself as, as far as, as a feminist critique in that it's usually talking about a, about how the woman feels in that situation. Yes. And less about whether am I pleasing him and I'm not pleasing you. It's not like, Ooh, you have to do this. You have to do that. It's more like, how are you feeling? How is this making you feel? How is this? There's a, there's a, there's an episode. I, I think it was good where, uh, Charlotte it has a guy that's like very adventurous and he tells her that he wants to have a, a, a threesome. Ooh. Um, and Charlotte is, and Charlotte is like, Ooh, I am, maybe I am willing to, to have a threesome. Um, and I, and I think in that aspect, I think maybe it's, it's, I, I do see why people are saying it was ahead of its time. But at some point I mean, it was just like, you know, you, you like this one guy, maybe you need to kind of understand this one man you're with and not constantly try to extrapolate from this one thing he did. Like maybe all men want is blah, 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 blah. No. I started to wonder. I'm fine with that. It's like, a, it's like a, you know, it's like the resource of the series. It's like, it's fine. I, I, that, that thing, that part I'm okay with. But like the rest is they, they constantly, uh, want to make these like sweeping statements about all all of men and all of women, and just as a as a as a, about all of straight men and about all of straight women. Um, so it's like at one point I was just like, I think I got to season two episode. There's a baby shower episode, and then there's like yeah, yeah, I remember this. And for example, the it's kind of the thing because in the baby shower episode, the woman that had the baby shower used to be like super wild, and she used to be like Samantha's rival in how wild you could be. And and then, and when they go visit her, they're like fish out of water. They're like all these all these moms and whatever. Charlotte is loving it. Um, so this woman goes and visits them, you know, kind of trying to live um, live their live her glory days, and. Even though this woman is actually going through something interesting, Carrie at no point, you know, wonders anything about her. She's just like wrong, you know. She's, yeah, she's just in, yeah. you, you're married. You have a child. You do not belong here anymore. So you're not important to me anymore as a woman. With us, it's, it's basically as if saying, as if Carrie is in a way of saying that the, the the moment you marry, you lose your sexuality to your husband or something, which is basically a 1950s idea. Yeah. And my problem is they never confront this. It's yeah. a very, 
it's a very nearsighted choke. Mm -hmm. Like the idea that swallowing. <laughs> That's one of the episodes, actually. Uh, I'm swallowing. Um, the idea that they never even got, like, it was right there for them to question their own feelings about what does it mean to be a woman? What does it mean to be a single woman? What does it mean yeah. to be a married woman or, or a woman with children or whatever? And then it kind of happens when Miranda has a baby. Right? Miranda is the first of them to have a baby. She is kind of like the least maternal of them. And I really liked um, Cynthia Nixon's portrayal of this woman who is reassessing, taking stock, and still finding herself being the same woman that she used to be. She just now happens to be a mother. And she goes and they go into the whole, you know, workplace discrimination. Like I said, her arc, I love her arc. I love Samantha. Um, but Carrie is just like the idea that it was, they kind of wanted to make her the everyman. Like she's the least extreme yeah. of, the, of the four. But then they wanted to give her a very specific point of view. And I don't think you can do those two things at the same time. You can either make her the everyman and have her be in like the circle. Oh my God, my friends are crazy. And let's look at their hijinks. And I'm going to narrate what is going on. And she's the voice of reason, which is what, usually what the everyman does. Or she has this very, very specific like set of of, of of standards and um, values and she's very extreme and then it's everyone else who is nuancing, nuancing her and they don't do either of these things so it's kind of like she ends up having like no personality like what's Carrie's personality? I don't I don't exactly I think her personality is that she's constantly she takes every since she's since her life revolves around writing her column it's also like interesting. I don't know if they ever mentioned the fact that you know she can't have a relationship without instantly trying to you know rationalize it through her column. So I think her personality. I don't think she's actually every every, and I don't think she's. I don't think she's the every man because she's never the voice of reason. Because it, because in the end she's not the one that says this is it, but rather the one that's constantly asking why is this? Why is it happening? I mean, for example, in the episode where they have the modelizers, which is a womanizer, but that only fucks models, mm -hmm. um, Carrie never really has anything to say about it, not even positive or negative, you know? Um, even though you have, like, examples of, of men who are, like, they'll just fuck models, and they're, they're portrayed little bit skeezy, but, like, and there's this other... Skeezy, I like that word. There's, there's this other guy who... who at, when I saw him, like, okay, this is very much, like, this is something that couldn't happen right now. It's a guy who only fucks models, but he also has a hidden camera where he's recording them when he, when he fucks. And he's going to make an art installation afterwards of himself fucking models. So yes. he's an artist. And it's like, that, that would not fly nowadays. That, or, or you could, or, you know, unless you're in, in CSI. Unless you're saying it for laughs. You know, like, uh, or unless you're in CSI and he's about to murder one of them, you know? <laughs> no, but the idea that unless you're doing the, uh, like, refuge in audacity, like, for example, um, How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Barney Stinson. Yeah. He is a pig. Yeah. He is an absolute horrible, horrible, horrible pig. Yeah. But it's so very clearly written as a way of, you're not supposed to empathize with this and guy. Yet this guy. Do. I don't know if they do it's just i never i've never i never got into how much your mother in part because I, every time this guy well no everything in fact i think how much your mother is a bad show for other reasons uh that, i think he was a very popular character yeah he was because nobody was meant to take him seriously 
And he never is taken seriously until he actually begins to have a heart and starts falling in love with someone. Like, before then, it's just Let's like, put a pin on that. Oh, honestly. Okay. Okay, so... Back. A, because I haven't seen enough How I Met Your Mother. So that's more homework for you. Uh, I'm not going to watch it. Like, so I am willing... I decided to start a, a, a podcast about popular culture. I watch a lot of th- a lot of things, just not How I Met Your Mother. I watch things. I'm very current. I watch Little Women. Little Women just came out. It didn't. It's like Greta, Greta Gerwig. I'm sorry, but Greta Gerwig, Little Women, is one of the best movies that I've seen in a while. It had great cinematography. The writing was amazing. It, was, it actually came in, went in to talk about how women writers at the time were not allowed, were A, had to have pen names to be published yes. sometimes, and uh, which is still which is still current regarding um, writers of any gender. But I'm not going to defend myself anymore because I don't like How I Met Your Mother. And I think people that I like How I Met Your Mother like a bad sitcom. Well, most sitcoms are bad. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just like most cakes are bad for you, but some of them are actively <laughs> Some of them are actually cyanide and shit. Exactly. So, anywho, um, where I was going with, uh, with Carrie. Um, uh, Carrie, she's not the everyman. Yeah. She's not extreme enough either. With the modelizers. Yeah. I mean, it's like with this guy, that's, that actually wouldn't fly today. Because this guy's literally recording women without their knowing or consent in order to later show them in an art gallery. As she's some fine. Sort she's of, like, oh, oh, she's totally okay. fine with oh, it. No. He has a statement. I guess that's what No, he no, no, does. no. It's not even that. It's not even, it, 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 this is the thing that's like, well, this is normal. It's not even commented on as funny yeah. or anything. This it's is crazy. Just it's normal. Crazy. Um, the is, there's also an episode where, there's a, where Miranda uh, is dating a guy who's a Catholic. So, like, every every time after they have sex, uh, the guy has to have a shower. And Miranda tells him, like, you know what? There's nothing wrong with sex. You should. And, and it's like, and the guy, like, reacts very dis- defensively to that. And I think, and, and like, they end up, the episode ends up saying, like, Miranda was on the right and the guy was just like super dramatic about something like he should have, should have changed. When it's like, why don't you just shower with the guy? You know, like just let him have a fucking shower. Exactly. He's not kicking out of his house. But then, but then the whole, and then like the, the whole relationship of the four women with religion is also uh, quite suspicious. There's a very interesting part with religion later on in the show because um, Charlotte falls in love this is actually my, my favorite relationship in the entire show is uh, Charlotte is dating this guy who is like her idea of the perfect guy. Yeah. He is filthy rich, handsome, you know, everything. A gentleman. She, a gentleman of love. Does not ask for blowjobs. Does not, does not ask for blowjobs. And it turns out he has, um, he is uh, sexually inadequate. Like, okay. it's just, he's got like, I don't know if it's, He's impotent, or he is—he doesn't come, or he comes too early. I think he's impotent, okay. and they treat it as a very, very like insurmountable flaw, which is again like a very kind of like you know you wouldn't want anyone to look at, at a woman who can't have proper sex or who has problems, physiological problems with sex as frigid, but it's treated as this really bad thing. And then they start growing apart. She divorces the guy, but then. One of her lawyers is the opposite of the kind of guy that she wants. So he is, I think, shorter than her, 
bold, very rough around the edges. He sweats a lot. So he's very, very unsexy. But she um, eventually starts realizing that she really likes this guy and she really wants this guy. He's the opposite of what she's been raised to want. And he is Jewish. And they have a really interesting conversation where he says, you know, um, I, I really love you, but I, 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 like my family, with my family would be a big, big thing. And for me, it would be a very big thing that I don't think I could do if I married a non-Jewish woman. And so she, out of her own volition, he doesn't coerce her. He never goes into the whole, I need you to change religions or I need you to do something. He just goes like, this is something that's not going to, like, we can't move Yeah, this is, this is my... This is my thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she goes in like to a synagogue and she says, hello, I would like to become a Jew. Like she's like, she yeah. clear as like, I would like to become a Jew. And they show you a lot of her Jewish education and how she is. She takes the religion really seriously. She ends up taking it more seriously than he does. And she does it as a way of, first of all, like finding her own faith that she hasn't had before yeah. in a way that she hasn't experienced. And also because she loves him so much. And they end up marrying, and it's very interesting how they have, to my mind, the healthiest uh, relationship, because it's all about compromise and not sacrifice, but compromise. It's not like, oh, if I want to be him, then I can't be the way I am. I can't dress the way I dress. Like, he doesn't want me to go to these places. He doesn't want me to hang No, it's not about limiting the other person. It's just about saying, you know, I'm willing to give this. And he's willing to do this, and he's willing, etc. And it's a really, really nice relationship. Uh, so I really like it. the name. Uh, he's he actually became my favorite character, even mm-hmm. though he's like he appears. I'm pretty sure he comes out of the movie. Yes, he's a um, he is he's called Harry, and he became my favorite because he's really funny. He's really, really funny as well. And I like how um, originally she starts she meets him because her divorce lawyer is too handsome. She says, I can't have a discussion about my divorce with a really handsome lawyer because he distracts me. And then she meets the partner at the law firm, who is this guy. And he's like, he's perfect because I will never desire him. I will never want him. And then she ends up marrying him. I think it's a very sweet story. It's one of those times when you say, why can't I, why haven't they invented the technology where you can choose the storyline? Like they show you, we have the technology. Because I think that's cheating. I think that's, I I think you... You you can't. I mean, you wouldn't have that story without the rest of the the series. You yeah. could make a series about that story. That could be an interesting series. Uh, I don't even mean a spin-off. But spin-up. we have the technology, Martin. Listen to me. Listen. Yeah, we can edit things this out. But me. this happened to me. No, not just edit things out, but like follow the story where you want to follow it. Like think Harry Potter. Let's go back to Harry yeah. Potter for a while. It happened to me several times. I was reading Harry Potter. I was like, I love Harry Potter, but hate Harry. Yes. And then they introduce Remus Lupin. And they tell you about his family story and so on. And I'm like, fuck you, Rowling. Why can't you tell me that story? That's a compelling story. That's a really... Yeah. Story. And it's just Harry. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, but if, Rowling, but if Rowling told you that story, she would ruin that story. <laughs> that, that's, that's what fanfic is for. This is true. Um, this is true. But I, I wish... You know how they did with Bandersnatch in... Um, Black Mirror, Netflix, like choose your own adventure kind of thing. I would love it if they, if if, like in the future, people just like listen to me. We can change the fucking world. But here's the thing: imagine if this, if if this happened to your show, people were like, "I don't want to listen to your jokes. I want to just listen to the other the jokes that are not about you." 
well, then that's good. Then people would go to comedy that they can appreciate. And they would not. Like but then they would. But then they wouldn't be watching. They would. I mean, I, I honestly don't think people know what they want to watch. Are you telling me you've never gone to a stand-up show and said, "I wish that this guy would be over now and he's been on stage." Well, yeah. Minutes. Well, yeah. A, I can leave the show. But when what the, if you're one of the comedians, Martin? What if you can't leave because you're after the guy? You're going after the guy, and he's been on. Well, stage then it's my kind of. It's kind of my duty to do better than the guy usually. But what I mean is, like, no, I don't think. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that a, a technology that allows you to edit as you just watch certain parts of the story. Here's the thing. Once you watch the whole thing, you can come back and read. And, you know, like I say read because I do this mostly with books. Like I just, uh, read bought, your favorite bits. I just, yeah, I, I, I lost uh wicked, the first, the first book of the wicked series. And I finally got it back. Uh, this, well, I bought a new copy this Christmas. It, it wasn't returned to you. No, it's, it's worth, who knows where it is. Uh, but I, I got a, I got a new copy, and I, the moment I got it, I literally went to a specific page to read a specific bit that I wanted to read, uh, which is almost at near the end, actually. Was easy to find. Anywho, um, did you know that Carrie Bradshaw's, you know the Smithsonian Museum? Yes, of course. Okay. The Smithsonian Museum has a part where it's like, these things have an importance to American culture. Yes. And they have things like... Uh, Dorothy's. The Declaration of Fucking Independence. No, 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 not as important. Uh, they have it. Well, they also have that, but it's the, like, but I mean, rights. but I mean, popular culture, like uh, Dorothy's uh, shoes, for example. Uh, and in that section, they have Carrie Bradshaw's laptop, because when it was when when they finished the show. Uh, and they had the prop for the laptop. The Smithsonian was like, this is an important piece of American pop culture history, so we're going to preserve it in the museum. I, I have no gripe. No, but that's because, like, a lot of a lot of things that I never really got into. It's like, okay, clearly this was important for, like, I, I don't know. Like, because I will tell you this thing that I like a lot about Sex and City. I think it also started this whole thing about being the kind of writer that Carrie is, where you're, like, writing about the things she's you know. She's never writing. She's always writing. No, she's never writing. That's the thing. That's another thing. It's just, like, a writer's life is not glamorous. You spend a lot of time working and reworking and reworking. But a lot of series... When was anything sent back to her? A blue-collar worker never has the kind of hot wife you see in sitcoms. It's a fantasy. I'm a blue-collar You're not a blue-collar worker, I'm a buddy. teacher. I'm a school teacher. At a private school. <laughs> Still, but it's fine. Of course, it's fine to glamorize the life because yeah, she's, she's is, cool. I think I think my um, I love this. I don't know who, who this quote is by, but I love it. Um, it says, oh, "I should find who it is." And before the episode's done, I will have found who it was. But it's a lovely quote that says, um, and I and I want to scream it at a lot of comedians as well. Um, they say it's. Um, it says someone has been making the mistake of telling writers to write what they know, which is why there are so much, so many novels about English professors contemplating adultery. Yeah, and I think it's it's just, true, and so many uh, screen uh, movies about a screen uh, a, a filmmaker or some sort of you know like um, yeah, so many movies about a filmmaker wanting to make it. Or like a screenwriter that goes to Hollywood exactly. and then has to like, ah, uh, they don't want my screenplay, so I have to 
sell them something. You know, there's once upon a time in Hollywood. There's I didn't. And there's a good, there's a good there's a good way of doing all of that. It's just that I think that Carrie, as a writer, Carrie the author, she doesn't really have an interesting point of view that that like when I'm I know that this comes from a series of columns, but from the show. I would never find myself saying, oh my God, I wish I could read her stories. I wish I could read the things that she's writing about. Yeah, never, never. Yeah. But, but I will tell you that I do think, again, I do think that uh, that her point of view is basically this. She wants to make sweeping. She doesn't realize she's the, the thing that she's doing is exactly the opposite of the things she wants to do. Because yeah. she is, she goes and looks at four distinct women having relationship with distinct men. And then when she comes back to her column, she wants to make a sweeping statement about all men and all women. Yeah. And it's like, well, you can't do that. You know, like it's not, it's not very good writing. It's like one of those, I don't know if this have happened to you, but like, for example, one of my favorite movies about a writer is uh, the movie stranger than fiction. Oh my God. With Emma. Oh my God. Emma Thompson, Will Farrell. Queen Latifah and uh, this girl, Maggie Gyllenhaal. It's perfect. It's a wonderful, and you get to see the writer and the way she struggles. There's a real thing of she's in the middle of this insane depression, like, like, can I finish? Can I not finish? And then it's revealed that she writes these very, very, um, you know, this philosophical kind of existentialism dread stories that end with characters dying. She always kill her, kills her main characters. And I remember being like watching that movie and says, God, I wish I could read the novel she wrote yeah. about Harold. Like she finishes and she finishes with a paragraph and she goes, blah, 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 blah. And then she shows the novel to the professor. Oh, also Dustin Hoffman, by the way, is, is in that as well. And she shows the novel to the professor and the professor says, says it could have been a masterpiece if you had killed him. And then she says, yeah, but, like, isn't this guy someone worth not writing a masterpiece for? And I'm like, fuck you, Emma Thompson. I want to read this book. Like, I wish I could write the book in the... And here you're doing something that I sometimes hate about people. People, you're, I mean, of course, all the props to Emma Thompson for delivering the line and everything. But you're talking about it's a movie. There's similar cinematography. There's editing. Yes. There's an actual screenwriter yes, behind, know, the, behind the whole thing. I know. <laughs> but it's just one of these things that I love when, when you're building a world and every series and every... It's not just J.R.R. Tolkien that builds worlds. Everyone yeah. is world building. And I like how when you're reading, for example, Harry Potter... One part of the world building I really always loved was the food. Yes. She was very, very, very good writing food. And when you're reading, you're like, God, I wish I could taste what butter beer tastes like. Yes. She describes this warm, spicy, sweetie kind and, of... Yeah, and that's a fantastic scotchy. thing. It, because food is more about what it makes you feel rather than... Yeah. It tastes sort of like strawberry. Yeah. And it's like, I wish I could do... And then at the beginning of the year, it's always the banquet. And yeah. she describes... These pies and these meats and yeah. these blah blah, and you're like, God, I wish I was sitting there eating that food. And that's good world building. It's like, I wish I could do that. I wish I could sit in the, in the Millennium Falcon and just travel space with these guys because it would be so much fun. But then reading Carrie's no, reading Carrie's column, which is basically the but, the right, but arc rails of the whole story. But that's weird. That's... Like, I don't care about what you have to say. Carrie. But here's the thing, Carrie's. Column, well, the the comments based at Second City isn't 
it's sort of like Mean Girls that is based on a book that isn't that isn't a story, but rather like a, a like a self help book for teenage girls. It's sort of like these these are concepts she's working with, and we sort of turn them into a series. Yeah, you know, in and in the center of the series, there's this woman writing about about relationships, but that doesn't mean that her. It's not like she was writing a short story every week. She was. She was. That was kind of the point. She was in, 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 in the universe. In, in the universe, it, 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 ends, the universe. it ends up being that because... I'm just talking about the okay. universe itself. Like, in the universe itself, she never says something like, God, that was good. And you have really good writers in this series. So why can't you give her the good lines when she's writing? Like, it's like, oh, that was really a really good insight. That was because a really I think her writing was more about having these... These, like... Wacky friends. No, like these twist of like know, like this turns of the phrase where she's like as blah 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 you know she had some really cool like like as this thing like i don't know no i know what you mean it's like i, I always make fun of, of the show when i'm watching it with with, with my there, boyfriend because he's like you know it's such a good show and i'm like as i was watching miranda mixing cocktails i started to wonder how many things in life are mixed that really shouldn't be exactly samantha was blabbing about and it's like that's, yeah. that's not even a thing that's, that's it comes from nowhere and i can do it with everything it's kind of like a, a power of mine no actually there was a twitter account that did it with a star trek uh thing so it was like sex sex and the sex and the star trek i think I don't know if it's still it's still up. Uh, I am googling this shit right now. Google it right now, but still, it was like as uh, as we went into hyperspace, we I wondered, uh, are we all destined to like fly quickly to our destiny? Something like that. Um, Here it is. Okay, this is a Wired article. Wired.com. and the Twitter account is called. Trek and the City. Trek and the City. That this. sounds way more... I don't know if it's still up. Uh, because I'm pretty is. sure it was like written by some comedian who then got a book deal and then now has a series and is now... Oh, here it is. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, please. Oh, my God. Read a few. Okay, so... <laughs> so good. Okay, it hasn't been updated in seven years now. I'm definitely gonna. I, don't, I, I understand there's an app that you can download an entire Twitter into your computer as, yeah. a, as, a, as a spreadsheet. So I'm definitely gonna do that. Um, the universe may have started with a big bang, but Samantha's evening was rarely complete without one. <laughs> See, this is, this is funnier than, than any of the. But you wouldn't have that without Sex and the City. Yeah, but she's like. Chinese cookie, like it's not like it, it's it's. I not, like Chinese cookies. No, no. So does Homer no, Simpson. Nobody likes Chinese. I like Chinese cookies. How do you call them? Chinese, Chinese crackers. Crackers. Chinese yeah. Okay, wait. <laughs> Fortune cookies. We reversed the polarity of the main deflector dish and fired an inverse an inverse tachyon pulse. But I wondered, are blowjobs tachyon a first date? <laughs> <laughs> And you wouldn't have this without Carrie Bradshaw. The cute engineer could lock onto Miranda's energy signature from light years away, but when it came to finding her clitoris, he was stumped. <laughs> this is the... Thank you. Martin? You're welcome. There's a reason I have you in my life now. I know I know why you're my friend now, and I'm different. This is so... <laughs> Who did this? I'm only 11,000 followers. This is not giving this person credit enough. I wish I had more than 800 so I could... 
But yeah, obviously this person has abandoned this Twitter account for a while. Well, I think <laughs> after a while, I think she she got like some like press out of it, and she or he, I don't know. And then you know, kind of went on to greener this pastures. Whole thing, it's just it is amazing. It is amazing. I'm pretty sure I spent like three days just going through the entire thing. Oh, there's only sixty eight tweets. Oh wow! So maybe a lot of them have been deleted, and maybe they they like maybe they just left. Like this is it started on, on January twenty second, twenty thirteen, and it ended March five, twenty thirteen. So oh. three, two months. I thought there were more. I'm first. Maybe I know. some of them were deleted, but I'm definitely. Maybe. Going to Anywho, so so to end this episode. Yes. Mexican Shall we play game. the game? Yes. yes. Please, Luis Augusto, who you want to be, who you think you are, and who you actually are. All right. I want to be. I want to be Samantha. I want to be Samantha because, not necessarily because of all the sex that she has, because sex, quite frankly, terrifies me most of the time, but I like how she is like the id in this Freudian thing that is going on. She's like, she gives in to her impulses and she's unashamed of, of, of that. She's so secure. Like, her insecurities, you can count them with one hand, and she usually overcomes them. She has this thing of, you know, as Samantha was wondering why, and before Carrie finishes typing that sentence with her, you know, beloved, much hallowed laptop, uh, she's over it. So I really like how she is, she knows herself and she's really comfortable in her own skin. Yeah. So I really like her. I, I want to be her. I think I am uh, Miranda because I, I'm... I usually, I tend to be also very, very snarky and very sarcastic, but in the end, it's, in the end, beneath it all, I just want to be loved. I just want to know. I just, we all do. No, uh, the, the idea that I, I take pride in my intelligence, and I think Samantha, uh, sorry, Miranda takes a lot of pride in her yes. intelligence and takes a lot of pride in the fact, and she, she doesn't dumb herself down. And I like the idea that she will go out on the city and she can either be wearing this amazing outfit or she can be wearing, uh, you know, a tracksuit. She doesn't give a damn because she's too busy. And that's me a lot of the times. Like, I'm too busy to care about your shit. Like, I'm done with this. And I like how she's, it seems to be, even though it's not, I don't think it's outright stated, it seems to be like um, the closest out of the three with Carrie is Miranda. Like, yeah. they have this friendship that is very special and they're a very nice counterpoint. And... You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Maybe I actually am Carrie. I mean, maybe I actually, I think myself as this really intelligent person, but in the end, you know, as I was watching Martin getting on stage and doing five minutes more than he had, I started to wonder, how many stages in life do we stay too long? How do we know when the audience has had enough? That's just... Maybe I'm this person. When they throw something at you. Yeah, I think I'm being this really wise person, and in the end, I'm just doing the same fucking thing every fucking episode, and people are sick of me. That's it. We're not. Yet. No. Uh, okay. Um, oh, my God. The thing is, I, there's some there's some things that I don't like about Samantha. I'm going to say that I want to be, I do want to be Miranda, because Miranda has, has her shit together. She seems like out of all of them, the ones that that she's more she's she's more aware of what she wants, and also what that means for the rest of her life. It's not like I want everything. It's like I want this, 
in, in fact, in the first season, part of like there's one episode where they introduce her to a woman because they think she's a lesbian, but she takes and she takes that opportunity to take the lesbian to to dinner with the boss because you, their only couples are allowed, and that way, you know, and so she's very shrewd. And I think I'm missing that sometimes. I, so I want to be more like Miranda. Uh, I think I am Charlotte because I also think I'm like, you know. You're just waiting for the right guy. Exactly. And I also, and also, I'm also like, I'm so good. I'm so nice. I, you know, and, and when, when also like it's in my face of things like, well, yeah, but you also do shit. Like, like knock yourself down a peg. Don't even knock yourself down. Just bring, c- c- come down a peg and stop pretending you belong up there. It's fine. Uh, and I think I am, I'm, I'm okay with thinking that, that I actually am, uh, Carrie, because I just think, I mean, I understand where all these things are coming from. And I think any point of view character in any show was going to have this thing sooner or later. Well, well, they, she, they want her to be so many things that in the end, uh, she might be too as scattered as a character, but I, I, A, she has the jobs that I want. She's a writer in New York City, and she lives in a very nice apartment. Oh, I would hate being a writer in New York City. Oh, God, no. That would be like, I would would loathe every... First of all, New York City is a place that I can be in five days, and then I'm just... You know, my boyfriend and I... This is going to be the most privileged sentence I've ever said. Okay. Please, wait. Hold for the most sentence... That Luis Augusto has ever said. Might be. Maybe it's not even. <laughs> Might be. I think there's two kinds of people. There's New York people and there's London people. <laughs> but it's not necessarily about the city. It's about the character of the pl- of the place where you want to be. I think New York, it's, it's too much for me. It's too many people and too many, like, going really fast and so on. And I think London has a bit, it's a bit more... Like, you can find places where it's, like, a quiet part. A quiet place, a quiet place. Yeah, the, maybe it's the character of the English. I don't know. Yeah, New York is, like, high gear all the time. There is no quiet place in New York City. Like, you find it a little... Because if it's quiet, you can hear yourself think. And that's what you want to do. There you go. So... And as I was sitting in the park... No. Um, I, I just want to mention, I hadn't noticed this from the Trek in the City um, Twitter account, but the main page image is Kim Cattrall... As she appeared in a Star Trek episode. Wow. That's, that's her in, a, you know, rocking this uh, black bob. Uh, I need to show, I will share that to you on social media. So, anywho. Anywho. We're almost done. Any recommendations for the for 2020? Um, Something you saw during the vacation? During- okay, yes. I've recently started watching this series again. And I know that this series, this series is kind of controversial. Like, a lot of people hate it. I think it's really good TV. Uh, and it's a show that aired about, what, eight or nine, no, eight or seven or eight years ago. It's an HBO show. And if you have HBO Go, stop watching Sex in the City for the umpteenth time, because that's a thing that happens with Sex in the Inyaki City. Inyaki doesn't listen to this show. No. You don't have to tell him this. No, but the thing is, I think um, Sex and the City fans are like Harry Potter fans. They think that if they watch the same thing again, it counts as still something different. So Harry Potter fans would be like, I read 50 books to this year. And it's like, yeah, but 25 of them were reading Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. <laughs> so it's and like, 10 of them were Quidditch through the, yeah. through the ages. Yeah, exactly. Like that doesn't, it doesn't count anymore. At some point, somebody has to be the, the snob that says, I'm sorry, but Harry Potter no longer counts for your book total in a year. Like, fuck you. Um, 
I think Sex and City fans, just, they just keep watching it and watching it, and they're like, oh, but it's so deep. It really isn't. Um, watch a show called The Newsroom. This is a show that was created by a guy who I don't really love that much, Aaron Sorkin. Uh, but this show, I think, is really, really good. It's got a lot of America is really great kind of thing going on. But again, it's also very critical of America. And the cast is just fantastic. It's got Jeff Daniels. It's got Emily Mortimer. It's got Alison Pill. It's like, uh, at some point, um, I don't remember, like so many, so many uh, uh, Dev Patel, who I, I want to adopt. <laughs> I want to adopt it. It's like the eyes. He's got these eyes that I could just like, Dev Patel, come to my house and I'm just going to look at your eyes longingly. Because you have the most That's beautiful. That's not creepy. Dev Patel has the most beautiful eyes. Definitely top ten. Um, so it's a it's a political show about a news um, a news program, and it's really good writing because it goes through the events like the important news events from the early two thousand two thousand tens, and it's really interesting because you don't know what date it is, and then they mention something that oh they're going to cover this, and the date appears on the on the like uh, as a caption, and I think it's really. It, it captures like the hectic environment. There's a lot of soaking dialogue, which is very kind of David David Mamity kind of like. How do these people speak so well so quickly? Nobody speaks so I well mean, so quickly. Yeah, but it's like a very playwrighty kind of thing. It's all set in the same place. You could turn every episode into a play, and I really like it. I'm watching it again with my boyfriend, and he loves it now. And I, I you should, if you haven't seen it, watch it. Watch the first. Just watch the opening monologue. I think it's really good. What do you recommend? What I'm recommending, it's on Hulu, so I think if you're in Mexico, you can't watch it. But uh, speaking of privilege, speaking of privilege, uh, but but if I was if I was becoming disenchanted with Sex and City, my sister's like, there's this show you should watch, and we started watching Dollface, which is a show with uh, it's produced and I think developed by Kat Dennings uh, of uh, two girls, one cup, no, <laughs> girls in a pizza place, okay. Uh, I forget the name of the show, but she she's a comedic actress, uh, and it's basically Sex and the City for right now. It's L.A., not New York, and the four main characters are Jules, a girl who recently broke up with her boyfriend of five years, and so for five years she hadn't talked to her friends because he had a boyfriend, so she has to go back and relearn how to have relationships with her friends. Uh, so her best friend is Madison, played by Brenda Song, and she is a PR executive. Well, not executive. She's a PR. She's, she works in PR. She's super successful and she's super fashionable. And she wears amazing clothes. Uh, Madison's other best friend is Stella, who is this, who is uh, Shay Mitchell. She's this gorgeous model woman who Jules is completely intimidated by because she is beautiful and impulsive and everything she's not. And then they meet another girl from Jules' work called Izzy. And Izzy is just weird. And she often has uh, that, she's, you know, that odd one, that odd character that's always kind of like, why, are you, why did you say that? Why, do you why do are that? you so quirky? Exactly. But what, they, what happened to you? What happened to you? But like, they are, they, but it's four friends having to deal with the fact that uh, having friends in your life is just as important and just as challenging as having a relationship with an, with, with someone of the opposite gender. So, or in some cases, someone of the same gender. There's a great, there's a crazy cat lady uh, that is better than the entire movie of cat, 
the cats. Uh, it has great. It's just great. It's a it's a comedy series. It's constantly cutting to like sketches. Do you recommend cats? I rec- movie which I haven't seen. No, <laughs> it's boring. To be honest, to be honest, it's boring. If this is to me, cats. The movie is the textbook example of a missed opportunity, and I'll tell you why. Because there's oh, by the way. Speaking of cats, watch the documentary series on Netflix. It's only three episodes. Don't fuck with, Don't cats. Fuck with- Oh my <laughs> fucking god! I remember the case when it happened, yeah. and it's just so fucking good. It doesn't show anything. I know. It but doesn't show anything. It's it it's like me, I mean, yeah. it still talks about the thing, but it's I, I fucking lived for that shit. But anyway, um, the internet and the world loves cats. Yeah. Even people who claim themselves as non-cat people. They will watch a video of cats playing or cats falling off things and they will laugh. Memes. So why would you not, if you're doing cats, why would you not do realistic, cute? We have the technology. Yeah. Like the Lion King. Fucking just like those animals. They look like the animals, but they're talking, but they're the animals. Why wouldn't you use actual cats? Think of the memes, think of the joy, think of the happiness. You wouldn't have the celebrity faces, which is a good thing, really. I would would tell you why. Because Andrew Lloyd Webber, and I know this since Phantom of the Opera, Andrew Lloyd Webber does not know why people like his musicals. Andrew Lloyd Webber has has no idea of how... Because he also was very involved in the the movie when when Schumacher... Yeah, Phantom. Which is also another really boring and mostly bad movie. The only good part of the movie is Mini Driver, to be honest. It's horrible cinematography, just like in Cats. Uh, it's basically the play being recorded with added stuff because Andrew Lidwer has no idea how to edit himself. Uh, or others. Um, so. Do not watch Cats. I mean, watch it. It's an experience. You're going to be, again, it's more boring than weird. At some point you're like, okay, yeah, this is weird. But like you saw the trailer, you and you know, you get over it. Exactly. There's several scenes that are like, whoa, I cannot believe they just did that. But in general, it's a more boring version of the musical. And it's, (laughs) it's, it's just, it's, it's weird in places where it's, where it's just like necessary. Uh, there are a lot of yeah. If it had been actual cats, you would have like cute cats running around. Instead, you have Rebel Wilson and what's his face, James Corden, making fat jokes, uh, and that's it. And Mister Mistopheles is is given an character arc, which is resolved in two seconds because it's eh. and the Rumtum Tugger is boring. Macavity is weird. Taylor Swift was there only to sing a song and not to have any sort of... I'm pretty sure Taylor Swift did not have an actual um, interaction with any any of the cast. She she could have just been green screened in. It's it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's terrible. Don't watch it. Watch it with friends to make fun of it. Don't expect to be into, to, to entertain by it because it's really it's really boring in several parts. Well, that's it. That's the recommendations. I wait. Um, Dollface, do watch Dollface. Dollface is amazing. I'm trying to look for oh, fuck. It's for just, who wrote that I'm, one? No, I'm, there, there was a tweet that I literally just watched, and it's lost in the I ether can't forever. Find it anymore, and I can't retweet it because I want to bring this thing back to life, even if it's like <laughs> I'm just so 
This is so, this is so like, I don't know what's up with Twitter, but now if I move away from a screen, the, twi- the tweets disappear, so I can't search for it. Yeah. I've been there too. So anyway, when he finds it, he'll retweet it. And you can find him at? You can find me at Mr. Drama everywhere. And you can find me at Mint Honorel. We've been through this before. Uh, basically everywhere too. So have a nice week, people. And we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Bye.